Hey mamas, I'm Alyssa, your mama and me RD. I'm a registered dietitian and mama of two. I specialize in nutrition and feeding for infants and toddlers. Welcome to Nutrition for Littles, a podcast dedicated to helping you raise healthy, confident, and intuitive eaters. Nutrition is kind of my thing, and I love sharing it, but honestly, the 30 seconds Instagram gave me on my stories just wasn't cutting it anymore. Join me each week as we go deeper and tackle topics like picky eating, mealtime struggles, baby-led weaning, and fostering a healthy relationship with food, and so much more. I'll try to be short, but I plan on answering your actual real-life questions using your examples. I will walk you through actionable strategies to help you protect and preserve your child's innate ability to listen to their bodies and eat intuitively. Let's jump right into today's topic. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Nutrition for Littles with your mama and me, RD. I'm so excited to have you guys here. So if you are subscribed to my emails, then you probably got an email in your inbox this morning talking about the things I wish I would have done differently when feeding my kiddos. Now, more specifically, my son, because I have learned a few things from his experience that now I've taken into um, my feeding journey with my daughter. So I've lived, I've learned, I've made slightly better choices, I would say, um, and definitely felt more comfortable to make those changes. So today on the podcast, I am tackling three more things that I would do differently in feeding my kiddos. So I've got three in the email and three unpacked right here for you. They are different, which means six things total that I would do differently. And honestly, if I thought about it for a second, I'm sure I could come up with 15. Listen, there is no perfect way to feed our kids. There's always going to be something that we want to do a little bit differently or a little bit more intentionally along those lines. It's completely fine. Now, as you know, if you follow me on Instagram, if you're feeding your kids, you are doing it right. Okay. That is the bare minimum. We are setting the bar super low for you. Now, are there things that we can improve on? Of course. Are there things I can improve on? Of course. We're always going to be able to make small and incremental changes to make the feeding experience, the eating experience, the table experience a little bit better. But for today, I want to tell you the top three things that I wish I would have done differently with my own kids. So getting started from the top here is number one for the podcast anyways. And by the way, if you're not subscribed to my email list, go ahead and click in the show notes below. I will add you or you can add yourself rather to my email list so you don't miss another email. I give some killer tips and tricks in there. I give you behind the scenes stories and information about my own family and journey around this whole feeding and eating scenario. And you get first access to anything I might launch or give away for free. So you definitely want to be a part of the crew. So click in the show notes to join my email list so you don't miss another email. All right, so back to the very first thing I want to talk about today that I wish I would have done differently with my son, and I've done better with my daughter, but be intentional 
about introducing allergens. So as many of you already know, I just launched my Table Talk program and inside the program, I unpacked allergens and gave my recommendations for how and when to introduce allergies. And while I was writing it, I realized I did not probably do a good enough job with my son. Now, luckily, knock on wood, my son has no food allergies that we know of. However, there has been a suspicious incident with eating salmon lately. The next day he throws up. I don't know if it's correlated yet or not, and it's obviously not life-threatening, so that's why I'm laughing about it, but it seems to be a correlation. So I'm going to keep testing it, and I will keep you updated. But here's the thing. I knew it was super important to introduce allergens early and often, so I was intentional at the beginning, and then I started to kind of fall off the often path. (laughs) So I was offering things that were common in our house, like um, eggs and wheat and like the dairy, of course, who's drinking milk every day. Um, We do drink cow's milk. So things of that nature, as far as the high allergens, like highly, um, the the largest percentage of allergens are those top eight allergens. And I was doing a good job with most of them. But there are some of that list that we just don't eat a ton of. So soy being one of them and um, shellfish. We don't eat a ton of shellfish. My husband doesn't prefer it. I don't really care to cook it. I always overcook it and it never like tastes super great. I want to get better at it. Um, We do shrimp here and there for sure, but I don't do a ton of shellfish. So I wasn't super intentional with him specifically on introducing it often enough. I did it a few times here and there. There was no reaction and then it kind of fell off my radar. So I wish I would have been a little bit more methodical or strategic about how often I was offering those top eight allergens. So that's definitely one thing that we have tried to change with my daughter. However, I will say the same thing has kind of happened where the foods that are often in our home, we kind of stick to the same routine, right? And especially during a freaking pandemic, we are not bringing in like brand new seafood and shellfish options to our house, but I do want to be more intentional. So I'll get to work on that and keep you updated. Okay, the number two thing that I wish I would have done differently, specifically with my son, I've been really good about it with my daughter, but with my son, I wish I would have firmed up his meal and snack schedule sooner. So for those of you inside of Table Talkers or who came to my live webinar I did um, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, I talked a little bit more about this, but basically... What ended up happening was I was nursing him on demand and I loved nursing him, absolutely loved it after the first two to three weeks, but loved it. And then when I started offering him foods, um, I was kind of feeding him on demand with solid foods as well, just kind of whenever he was hungry or fussy or frustrated or had any inkling of being unhappy, I just handed him a cracker. Like, oh, you're upset? Okay, here's a fig bar or here's a cracker or here's a snack. So I was very quick with that reflex of giving him food anytime he showed any sort of discomfort. And so I was kind of feeding on demand, but honestly, I was feeding on a demand of any which way. It wasn't even necessarily a demand of hunger. It was, hey, I have a need and I always filled it with food. Now, this is around the same time where I remembered how interested I was in college of the life cycle nutrition stage of toddlerhood and infancy. So this is when I really propelled my business towards 
learning how to feed and teach mamas how to feed toddlers and infants. So I kind of revved that back up. Now, it is where I specialized in my internship. It's what I focused on. And it is what I've always loved to read about and know about. But really, once I had my own child who I was starting down a path of picky eating and creating unhealthy meal and snack schedule, or their, or rather lack of meal and snack schedule, is when I really started to realize I wanted to get back into this arena of nutrition and focus on this. So that was kind of my turning point of like, hey, I need to pay attention to this. I need to go back to my roots of what I've already learned as a dietitian and the um, research and education that I've already received in this area and really dig in deep. And that's exactly what I did. So I immersed myself in all the research out there. I still take time every Sunday to research new nutrition tactics and what's out there in the research, what's showing improvement and helping families and really digging into the research. So I realized at that stage he was... I don't know, probably 14 months of age around there that I just kind of was giving him some sort of food item whenever he acted a little bit unhappy. Um, And I really was not sticking to a meal and snack schedule, which is obviously, as you guys know, if you are listeners of this podcast, something that I recommend every family follows. So I wish I would have firmed that up earlier. So I do recommend starting a meal and snack schedule for solids as early as six months, and then kind of firm it up over time up until around 18 months of age, you be a little bit more strict or firm about it. But honestly, with my son, I wish I would have firmed it up closer to a year. So there's always flexibility and there's give and take and some grace periods, of course, and some emergency meltdown or situations where snacks are, of course, needed and encouraged. But at the time, I think I was just so willy nilly with my meal and snack schedule. I wish I would have firmed that up a little bit. I think it would make it it would have made parenting easier through his like ones and early into his twos. Um, I think it would have made it a lot easier and less kind of demanding on me and having to set that boundary. Because as we all know, we do something one time and then they expect it forever. I mean, literally, you could decide to sing a special song at bedtime and now they want it every night, right? Like how many years is it going to take for you to forget that I did this one time? So it's oftentimes so much easier to be proactive in our parenting than reactive or trying to undo what we've done, right? So this is the second thing I wish I would have done differently with my son. With my daughter, I will say um, we have gotten on a much better meal and snack schedule. And that's honestly because we already have one with my son. So she kind of just adapts and fits right into our family. Obviously, I'm nursing her on demand as well. So it changes some things. But basically, she's eating when we're eating. She's eating snacks when her brother eats snacks. And she's eating meals when we all eat meals. We all eat together as a family um, almost every day two, at least two meals a day, if not all three, um, especially during this pandemic and my husband is home. So uh, the third thing that I wish I would have done differently is worry less. Now, I wrote down worry less about utensils and that is very true. But as as I'm saying that, honestly, I wish I would have just worried far less. Like my son is almost five years old and I just want to assure you mamas who are in the freaking thick of it, it's okay. They come out the other side. They become independent and they become resourceful and they 
are able to define and refine those fine motor skills. It does happen. Every kid is different on how long this takes. And obviously, the more intentional we are about teaching them and showing them, the faster this process goes. But I just want to give you maybe just a deep breath today and let you know that we can let our worry go a little bit, let go of a little bit of control, let go of a little bit of worry, and just know that they're probably not going to be 35 years old and still taking a bottle. No guarantees, but it's okay. If you haven't transitioned to an open cup yet, it's okay. We have time, mama. We can work on it together. We can do this. But okay, now back to me. So with my son, I was really intentional about trying to get him to use utensils. So from six months of age, I would try to hand him his own spoon and his own fork even. And I was really excited to get him to use utensils. And I felt kind of on like a timetable or a time frame, like you need to use this utensil, you need to use this utensil. And especially with certain foods that are easier or cleaner when they're using a utensil, he would prefer his hands. And he was so frustrated every time I tried to give him a utensil to use. And I remember feeling frustrated too. Like, this is the easier way to eat. You're going to make it easier on you. You're going to make more food into your mouth. You're going to be cleaner at the end of the meal. Let's use our utensils. And I would really kind of push it on him, honestly, and put them in his hands and show him how to use them and all these sorts of different tactics, which is great. And it's an important skill to encourage. And honestly, again, mirror. But I just want to reassure you that it's okay if they're not picking up utensils right away at six months, eight months, or even 10 months of age, or even well into their twos. This is a skill that is learned over time. And again, at five years old, I can tell you, or almost five, I can tell you my son, he cuts his own bread up, his own pasta up. He uses a fork. He uses a spoon. He spreads his own butter. Like He has become so sufficient. Now, or proficient. Now, I have worked with him, of course. So it is intentional work that I'm doing with him to get him to that point. But it's a learned skill over time. And I don't know why I had such a timetable and why it would frustrate me so much. Because in all honesty, a lot of times when they're hungry, like just let them eat so they can become less frustrated. And then they're more apt to use something like silverware. When you're really hungry and you just want to like scarf down the food right then and there, like I picture going to grab food on your way home from work or whatever, and you're starving and you just need like a few fries, like just hand me a few of those fries. I just need to like get something in to level off my blood sugar so I don't go insane when I get home with frustration and crankiness. It's the same thing. They're frustrated it's their hunger time, it's their meal time, they're ready to eat. They don't want to then learn a brand new skill, right? Like that is not the time to try and learn something completely new when you're hungry. So I wish I would have backed off a little bit on that, still presented them, still offered them to him, still modeled that behavior, but been a little bit more okay with him using his hands, even with things like cottage cheese or yogurt or any of those sorts of foods that are extremely messy. But I wish I would have worried less about a timetable around utensils. And even now, um, you guys probably know this from my Q&As. 
I highly recommend that you give time and space around utensils. You still offer them. You find ones that fit for their little hands and that it's easy for them to maneuver and get into the mouth. So you're kind of setting them up for success. And I've listed a few brands before on my Instagram that I recommend, but especially like starter utensils that you don't have to scoop for a spoon that you just kind of dip and get the yogurt on there or whatnot um, and make it really easy to hit that target in their mouth. Um, So anyways, of course, utensils are great to encourage, but I wish I would have worried far less about it. And in all honesty, I think taking a step back, I wish I would have worried less about his intake, about how he was eating, about which foods he was eating. Of course, it's something we can be intentional about, but the worry factor does not need to be there. So um, I know that probably doesn't take it away for you because (laughs) I need to follow that up with giving you some information. So I will definitely be doing that here on the podcast and on my Instagram. And next time my doors to Table Talk open, if you are interested in really digging deep with me, um, that's the place to do it. So anyways, I hope these were helpful for you. I think it's kind of, I think it's kind of fun to share. Like sometimes it's a little embarrassing, like, oh, I should have gotten all this right. But I'm just a mama, just like you guys, you know, I make mistakes all the time, or rather, I guess I'm just learning all the time. So although this is my profession, and this is what I specialize in, and this is what I know, like the back of my freaking hand, and this is what I spend my time reading about and researching about, of course, there's always going to be things that I can do a little bit better here or tweak it a little bit here. And especially early on in my feeding journey with my son, there was definitely things that I wasn't doing I wish that I had, um, or I was doing too much of, and I wish I would have done less. So now with my daughter, we're off to a great start. I've thoroughly enjoyed my feeding experience with her. Um, and I'll definitely be sure to share more about that in the coming months. She is almost a year, which is so, so crazy to me. Um, so we're entering into the toddler years and getting dangerously close to the picky eating stage. So I will absolutely keep you updated on what I'm doing there. Meanwhile, I hope this episode was helpful for you. I hope it gave you a deep breath. I hope it brought some calm and peace into your life and also maybe just a little camaraderie to know that we're in this together and I, even I, a registered dietitian, am making mistakes at the table. And just a reminder, the table is the only place I say that I'm some sort of parenting or feeding expert. Everywhere else, I will point you in the direction you could go find information from where I learn from because the table is my specialty. Everything else about parenting, I don't know, you tell me. All right, mamas, thanks for being here. I hope you learned something today. And if you did, I would love it if you gave this podcast a written review. It means so much to me. It helps other mamas find my show. And it honestly um, just boosts the rating of the show so that other mamas can find it. And it just makes me feel so dang good when I read your reviews, as long as they're positive, which all of them have been so far. But it takes you two seconds. It's completely free to do. And I would love it so, so much if you took the time to do it. Thank you guys so much. And don't forget to click the link in the show notes to get on my email list. All right, mamas, see you next time. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're walking away with some tangible ways to bring some peace to your mealtimes. And if you like this episode, please subscribe and tell all your hashtag mom friends. And as always, the best compliment you can give me is leaving a rating and written review. You can find more from me on my Instagram 
at Mama and Me RD. That's mama.and.me underscore RD. And please feel free to send me any questions or comments you may have. Email me at Alyssa at Mama and Me RD.com. Until next week, mamas. <laughs>